What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey everybody, welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Tracy. I'm so glad you joined us today. On Say Yes to Spirit, every week we pick a theme and we talk about how does that connect to saying yes to spirit, how are our lives unfolding when we say yes to spirit, and we're so glad that you joined us. We've been doing Say Yes to Spirit for over four years, and so it is delightful to take a few minutes and absolutely get grounded in the commitment. (laughs) And I have to laugh because it's like get grounded in the commitment. You've been doing it for four years. But um, I thought maybe a better way to say it would be to reaffirm the intention to say yes to spirit. And if this is your first time being um, introduced to this concept of saying yes to spirit, then I invite you to go to our main show page and look through the archives and find a topic that resonates with you, a theme or focus that resonates with you or interests you, and hear what Leslie and I have to say about it. As I mentioned, each week we do have a theme, and this week our theme is travel. Travel. Where are you traveling to in your life? Um, do you do your travels take you toward God or away from God? And even if you don't think about um, just traveling in a day-to-day basis and you think about travel, you know, I'm getting ready for vacation, I'm getting ready to go on a long trip, and you're going to Orlando, you're going to Disney World, how does saying yes to spirit show up in the way that you experience your travel to other locations, other cities, towns, countries, other ways of being? So that's what we are going to be focusing on today. And uh, if you are a regular listener, then you know that when you hear this music, that it is time to connect the dots. And every week we make an attempt to connect the dots between our most recent topic and the topic of the day. So there is always this golden thread running through uh, the program no matter what the topic is. And that golden thread, of course, is saying yes to spirit. And what we have found is that from week to week, episode to episode, there is also a connection that we usually did not plan because the way we pick our topics varies. Sometimes we pick our topics, uh, 
you know, a quarter, you know, 10 weeks or so in advance and just list them out. And sometimes we pick them week by week. So what's the connect the dots between action and travel? So, of course, there's an obvious physical connection that sometimes when we are in action, we are taking action on things that are important, then we are, in effect, traveling from where we used to be to where we are intending to go, where we are now to where we want to be in the future. And that could be literally or figuratively. If I decide that I want to... um, be kinder, be a more kind person, uh, demonstrate and model kindness, uh, then I am traveling on that path every day as I make decisions about how to treat people. And it can also be, you know, literally that in order to travel to any destination, if I'm driving from Dallas-Fort Worth to Chicago, Illinois, then just saying I'm going to travel to Chicago does not make it happen. I have to take action in order to execute my intention to travel from Dallas to Chicago. So there are a lot of connections as we move into today's theme of travel. And um, and we're going to take a little break, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit, and our theme today is travel, and um, and it is an interesting thing to think about when you go, well, you know, in everything that I do from the moment I wake up till the time I go to sleep, I actually am traveling through my life. Mm-hmm. And so the the idea of traveling um, does not have to be limited to this idea that I shared in the Connect the Dots about traveling from 
Dallas to Chicago or, you know, going from one city to another city somewhere else in the country or the world. And at the same time, you know, when we think about that, it's, it is true. How do people around us know that we've made the commitment to say yes to spirit, you know, through the words we use, through the way we show up? So um, I, I know on a recent trip that I took for business, there is probably no overt way that the guy sitting next to me in the exit row on the plane had any idea that I say yes to spirit and that I'm committed to that um, beyond the fact that I did say thank you when he helped me put my luggage in the overhead bin. Um, but other than that, I had no conversation with him. I wasn't rude to him. <laughs> you don't talk like I talk to everyone on the plane. I No. Not, well, That's sometimes, it. no, I don't talk to everyone on the plane ever. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I engage in a conversation with the person next to me. But, it, you know, in this particular case, I did not. And literally, once I sat down, I'm just thinking back. <laughs> you didn't say a word the entire time. I right. I'm just thinking back. <laughs> is that true? There was there was no wow word exchange. I don't even understand how that works <laughs> in, between the two of us the entire flight and wow. even at the end of the flight. Wow. Now there was no anxiety or nervousness or tension either. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, wow. but he, there's really no overt way that he would, if someone stopped him like candid camera when he got <laughs> off the plane, do you know who you were sitting next to? And do you think she has, she says yes to spirit? Uh-huh. So it's just interesting, this idea of travel, the way we actually travel and, the you know, travel when we go from, you know, our normal location to a new location or even around town, you know. I'm traveling. Am I traveling from where I am now to exhibiting more kindness, more love, more joy in my, in my life and with others? Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of a, a place for us to start digging into this idea of travel and saying yes to spirit. I like the idea of traveling and not having to pack a suitcase <laughs> but to put it put it in the idea that i'm traveling through my day that's a really i don't know why that just seems to open up something more of an adventure to my day you know instead of having this oh instead of routine, routine just another day tuesday just like monday wednesday just like tuesday thursday just like wednesday um and i have this thing that i talk about uh, a lot about divine appointments and this concept that if I open up my morning to spirit and say, you know, may I be aware, may I be looking for those divine appointments where someone will become across my path that, you know, if I say hi to or if I reach out to, and I'm, you know, so the opposite about life as Tracy Brown knows in terms of I couldn't sit by someone for, I would just, it would be, it would be torture. I have to speak. And people sometimes respond to that more positively than other times. But in terms of connecting with people, I just, I find it, um, I, I just, I can't, even on an elevator. 
I, I remember I traveled to a conference a couple of years ago with a good friend of mine, and um, she got to the point, she's very introverted, and she got to the point where she wouldn't even go on the elevator with me anymore because somehow my connecting with people on elevators and making random chit-chat was so sort of disturbing to her. <laughs> she just couldn't even get on the elevators with me because it was disruptive. And um, and I'm fascinated by that because I guess I, I just see that we don't connect randomly very often to strangers, and I think that divine appointments are missed because who knows who needs what during the day. And I've always had this kind of thing, I don't know if this is egocentric, that there might, you know, I ask God to put people in my life that I can impact during the day. And a few years ago someone said, you know, be on the lookout to what the angels are saying to you, Leslie. What is the guy in the 7-Eleven line saying to you? You know, what is the look that the stranger at the gas station gives you? And so to be able to receive spirit, God, through others in human form is, you know, trying to open up that that circular kind of energy. Um, yeah, it's not all about, like, you. And me saving the world. It's um, not, that's not what, how it works. others. Ah, they're, they're, just, they're free of you <laughs> as well. <laughs> but, you know, it is interesting because, in general, I do, um, I mean, I'll speak to people, you know, in the grocery store. I'm, like, Looking people in their eyes yes. and saying hello, oh, there you, <clears throat> you know, um, as I pass them are especially employees who, you know, oh, sure. are so invisible to, to the shoppers in the store, right? Right. And, um, and, I, and so what I think happens on the airplane is, yes, A, it is a confined space and you're going to be with that person for a while. <laughs> right. Um, but more than that, for me, what it is is usually if I'm on a plane, right? I'm going to work, work or I've just come off of, you know, come off of a day or two or five working with lots of people, and I've given out so much energy. I gotcha. That it's like, you know, I, I just need some recharge time, and if I'm on my way, it's oh, my, I've been, it was all I could do to make this flight. <laughs> and so now I really need to think about what I'm going to go do. Right. And I'm preparing or I'm sleeping because I was up all night the night before getting ready to go. So on a plane for me is a little bit different, and, and I have had some really, really powerful and impactful conversations with seatmates on on airplanes, but more often than not, other than, you know, hi, how are you, um, you know, after the first five minutes or so, yeah. it's kind of like, okay, if we haven't, like, made some connection. Um, but what you were saying about, you know, you never know who you're, quote, unquote, randomly uh-huh. meeting, and right. if you have something for them or something, right. or they have something for you, and Marianne Williamson shares this story um, in the book, The Law of Divine Compensation, and and she has shared it. I've heard her, you know, recordings of her talks, and she has shared it in other talks as well about the, you know, the random conversation she had with 
the driver, she had a driver, you know, car service, uh-huh. pick her up to take her to the airport. And the, the driver in the, you know, in the limo, the, in the car service was <clears throat> um, kind of agitated and irritated. She was just making, you know, small talk kind of conversation with him. And as it turned out, he was, you know, kind of doing this, but he really wanted to be a screenwriter or a TV show writer oh, or something. Uh-huh. And in their conversation, she relays a conversation, and it does start out just kind of like, you know, like how long have you been driving or do you like driving or whatever, uh-huh. she asked him. And it then they end up talking all the way to the airport, and he was frustrated and, you know, feeling like he needed to write things that did not resonate with him or reflect what he really cared about just to make money. Ah. And uh, he had all this negative stuff around doing what he loved. What he loved. Ah, interesting. And he and he she of course being a spiritual teacher and a spiritually guided person, you know, offered asked him some questions. Uh-huh. She didn't really offer him advice, but she asked him questions. Him down, yeah. And, you know, when she got out of the car and got to the airport, she realized that there was this reciprocity, that she now had received an example and a story and a conversation that highlighted something specific that was related to the book she was writing at the time, which was Divine Compensation. Oh, I love it. And how this, this, you know, you feed what you want and you focus on what you want and you let go of and you get, you know, the compensation is is um, totally aligned with the way you think about what you do and what you, your choices are. And he got some insights because by the time he dropped her off, he was thinking, oh, yeah, like, I believe I have to do this this stuff I don't like, no wonder it's not working. Right. And, you know, no wonder all I'm doing is talking about what's not working instead of focusing on what I want and allowing it to happen. And it's a really, really, really fabulous story that does exemplify as we simply travel through our day. Yes. Doing what we would do anyway. What's normal for us. Yes. We can say yes to spirit, and we can notice spirit saying yes to us. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, again, I just I feel so strongly, I guess, about it. It's a curious thing. I don't, I, and, and people always try to frame it in an introvert or extrovert kind of way. But I do think if I open my mind to it, you know, people that are introverted, quote unquote, my friend who is incredibly introverted, you know, the one-on-one kind of conversations that she could have with someone could be impactful. And, and you know, her comfort level with seeing it as being extroverted keeps her from, because she, she has this sort of definition of reaching out and saying hi to a stranger is only something extroverts would do. And so I always try to reframe it up in terms of, you know, it's just connecting with another no, soul. Uh-uh. No, yes. It no. is. It can be. It doesn't. Is it hubba? Hubba. Uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, no, it, uh, it can be. So, so two things. One, there's a <laughs> difference between being introverted and shy. Oh, she's not shy. 
and so that, so there's a big difference there, and um, and he, so yes, I agree with you that it's it's just connection, it's yes. just connection one on one, and you know, and I, it's so funny because of course I like millions of other people were raised that you don't talk to strangers because uh-huh. you don't talk to strangers. You uh-huh. just don't talk to strangers. Uh-huh. You don't know who they are, and and you don't share um, certain information uh-huh. to you know who people are. Uh-huh. I mean, and it's not just protective. It's also respectful. Uh-huh. So it's respectful of their boundary, gotcha. and you don't know what they will be comfortable with. And so it is interesting, and then as you become an adult and you become um you be, you begin to interact with all kinds of people, like how do you navigate, you know, those messages or those boundaries. Um, but I, as you were talking, it's like, so I'm, you know, about as introverted as anybody I've ever met in terms of the way I recharge my energy. See, that to me is how we define introvert or extrovert. Yeah. It's how you recharge your energy. Right. I think any of us can connect one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the definition of introvert is you need your alone time to be able to recharge. Right, and that that's the recharging, right. not out of exhaustion, but right. that really is just that's that's what's enriching and right. being around people. Um, the you know even even one or two people, even people you love. Right. Like, I love even you. Me. You, you, I, you need time I, away from I me. I love right? you, and I need to just go read a book, or I need to go take a nap, or I need to just go sit out on the patio. Right. With you know, with the wind chimes, hearing the wind chimes. I need that. Um, and it doesn't mean that. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything else. It just right. means that's what I need. Um, and so, as you were talking, I got this image in my mind from this recent trip that, um, so I facilitate, and I love facilitation, and I'm, I am good at it, and, and I think it is because I can listen so well and keep myself out of right. what's going on. Right. But after a day of that, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm fried. I bet. You know, it's like I want to. I need. I need right. quiet time. I need alone time. And after two days of it, and or three days of it, back to back, I really need that time. So, on the uh, we started in the evening on a Tuesday, and then went all day Thursday. We're together for a group activity, I mean, Wednesday, and we're together for a group activity on Wednesday evening. Oh, goodness. And then I'm facilitating Uh. all day Thursday, Uh. and we close this Uh. two-and-a-half-day meeting with a group dinner. Uh And there's only 30 minutes between the meeting and the dinner, and, of course, we had to be transported to the restaurant together. Together. It tastes like, oh, for the love of all things, holy and so, and I loved this group I was working with. Right. I loved that, you know, it, it wasn't about that. It's just right. like, okay, I need some time. And I'm not at home. I don't have my own transportation. I'm with this group. I'm there. Right. And so it was really interesting because I noticed my first thing to do was to go sit at like an end. Yeah, you're right. Of a table. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So that uh, end on the long side, yeah. not on, the, not at the like the head of the, you know, not at the head of the table where 
you know, then you're kind of like the energy's coming towards us, right? Or and you're shooting it out. You know, it's 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 on the end on one of the sides, and I just did that instinctively. I gave it no thought, but I realized, oh, I did that because then I have kind of have this open space on the side. Yes. It's kind of like I have some space yes. to. Yes. Um, I didn't end up staying there, though. I ended up moving, before we actually started dinner, down to the other end, the second scene in. And halfway through dinner, I realized, oh, the person who was on the end actually is very much an introvert, too. And she was probably very spent. Uh-huh. And she, you know, was trying not to be in the middle uh-huh. of all the uh-huh. action. Uh-huh. And so so now you have two introverts sitting together with at a dinner, you know, table with about 12 people. And so there were several times where I noticed she and I were having this quiet conversation uh-huh. about personal things. And, you know, on my right, she was on my left, on my right was probably the most outgoing extroverted person in the Yay. group who I, I really like. I, I just like the way she thinks and I like the way she shows up. Um, but through, you know, two hours or more, how long were we there? Really almost three hours of being there, you know, the whole time the extrovert, you know, which was now almost kind of toward the middle of the group, you know, was in that whole end of the table, was all just engaged, whirling around with energy, and laughter, and I'm having this nice, quiet uh, conversation uh, with the person on uh, my left, and you know, and every now and then we get pulled into the bigger conversation or into conversation with people across the table, but it's like, oh, you know, how how does this introvert extrovert stuff show up, and then how does it show up? in supporting the way I travel through my day, the way that I travel through my week, balancing this connection with this need for me to be a positive connection when I am connecting. I have to back away sometimes. And it is so wise to just have an understanding of how we recharge because if you don't honor that, if you don't honor and give yourself that Face, then you're no real, you know, quote unquote, good. You know, you, you can't really give to the level of your ability to give until you're recharged. Um, when I lost my job years ago and I was home all by myself all day, I almost died. I mean, I would have to go to Starbucks, or I'd have to go to a movie, or I'd have to. I mean, I found myself just craving human human attention, and I, you know, I would, and and I know myself well enough to know that I needed to do that. I needed to be around people. I needed to be around. Uh, that energy that, that recharges me. So it is a real wise thing to think about. How do I get recharged and to honor that and to make sure I have space and time to do that and and to be open to this concept of being God for other people. It's fascinating. My sister is very much an introvert as well, and she's a nurse for the FBI, which is so funny to me in a way because the FBI seems so tough and rough and she's so sweet and kind. But she's a nurse, and she has recently, probably in the last two or three years, started connecting to a more metaphysical thought. She's very big in her Methodist church and very involved in, 
and, and very Christian in her belief system up until the last two or three years, she's kind of opened herself up to this idea of, you know, angels or guides and having connection and, you know, this idea that maybe there's something, you know, spirit literally within me that can, you know, connect. And so she's opened up to that sort of thing. It's it's fascinating to watch her her daily life change. And she sent me a text yesterday where she said, I just, I just know you're going to love this story. And it's just so and she goes, I think in the text she said, I don't even know what to do with it. But apparently someone had come to the nurse's station, to her office, and they had some sort of conversation about something this woman was going through. And the woman said to her, I believe you were God just talking to me. And my sister just was sort of discombobulated by that because it sort of, you know, from a traditional thought, it's like seems almost like blasphemy, A, and you know, then it seems like, oh, what, you know, there's some sort of responsibility in that, or there's some, you know, I don't, and to me it was like just another day. It was like, of course you were God talking to her, you know, we're only God talking you know. So it is so fun to look at, you know, that idea that when we open ourselves up to, to understanding, we are really God talking. I mean, how does God talk? And it's funny, you know, in the Bible, I think God used to talk, right, or God would there's stories when, you know, God would come down and talk or, you know. And and it's funny to me that somehow we think now that's changed or something. We think, oh, God doesn't talk anymore. But, you know, God, I think, is talking to me all the time. It's whether or not I'm listening. And, you know, and God is talking through me all the time. It's whether or not I'm, you know, opening up to having those conversations. Or when I see someone, you know, having that thought, oh, you know, my friend Sally Sue comes across my mind and I need to reach out and call her and see how she's doing or do I just discount that and not make that call or do I actually physically make that call? And when I make that call and I find out that Sally Sue's having a really bad day, then do I discount that and say, oh, well, that was just a coincidence or, oh, that was a one-off. So how many ways do I discount this kind of spiritual exchange that's always happening to keep it sort of, you know, outside the realm of normal? Always happening, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah, I think I about that. this. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Say it, Tracy. Uh, on this, on this recent trip as well, there was a conversation about GPS, using you know your GP, the GPS to get you from one place to another. Right. And a real fun conversation we we were having in the um, in the van going over about roadmaps mm. and how all of us had grown up with roadmaps, paper roadmaps, yeah. and um, and how some and some people were saying. They could never figure out how to like read or follow a road map, a printed <laughs> map, and others saying, "Oh no, it was, you know, like I, I love being on a trip and unfolding the big map yeah, and following that. along to see where we were, uh-huh. and oh, we just passed this town, and oh, that's right here, and look what's coming up next." <laughs> I did that, yeah. and you know, and others saying, "You know, no, I, it, it was good that you know my." dad or my husband (laughs) or, you know, somebody was good at that because it just, I could look at it and it was just lines and colors to me. It really made (laughs) no sense. Um, And then, of course, now with GPS, having the voice, you know, male or female, whatever, you know, your GPS system on your phone or in your car has, but 
you know, having that voice tell you so coming up isn't it? in, you know, yes. point four miles, turn right. Yes, love that. And, it, you know, if we're saying yes to spirit, you know, it does. It makes me think about what's my map. So, you know, those faith systems that use the Bible as their guide book say, well, that's my road map for how to travel through life. Right. Right. People who practice Islam will say the Quran is my road map through life, uh-huh. my road map. People who practice religious science and science of mind would say the textbook is a road map that, you know, the, a guidebook for how to apply these principles in your life. So we have a road map. We almost always have a road map. I would venture to say that even in our addictions, we have a road map that we use that which we are addicted to to guide us um, because we think it's going to take us to, a, a well, it's going to take us to a way to cope with whatever is going on in our lives, a need for power, a need to escape, a need to whatever. And so I, I, I'm... I'm beginning to think about this idea of saying yes to spirit and travel, you know, to, I'm beginning to think about it as asking the question, what roadmap am I following? Like, what's my GPS attuned to? Right. What GPS voice am I using? You know, it's so funny, you say that about GPS, I was having a conversation, I don't know, a long time ago about GPS, and I said that I wanted to make an app that, you know, when I missed the exit, that it would say something like, you idiot, you missed the exit, please turn around now and try again. And I was, I thought it would be hysterical to have this app that was really self-condemning, you know, condemning, like, what a fool, there you go again, missing the exit. And isn't that great that I would think that that would be such fun, right? Because that's just reinforcing that one more time, I have to tell you, you did it wrong. And I thought that would be great fun. And now that you're talking about, you know, how we have this, you know, map, and then then that is my kind of default pattern of, you know, self-condemnation. How could you do it again? Oh, my goodness, you're smarter than this. You can't even turn right when I tell you to turn right. How could this happen (laughs) again? You stupid fool. And the idea that, that we are you know, that we do have this divine guidance when we open ourselves up to it, that there is sort of a pattern um, and that there's, you know, purpose to things. I'm kind of pondering this concept. I had this reading with a person who does sort of numerology and astrology and, and, I, and I clearly feel like she has the gift of that. I've had a lot of different readings and sometimes you feel, oh, this person really has the gift and you think, oh, wow, this is a waste of $50. So it really depends, you know, and within the first 10 or 15 minutes you have a sense of it. But it was interesting how she did the reading because it was more like, here's the divine path of what you came in to do. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of in line with what I kind of have a sense that my soul kind of sat on the other side of the veil and kind of had a conversation with other souls and said, okay, let's go do this. And it was just kind of like a fun kind of idea that we all came in to do with each other. And there's, you know, we all play different parts for each other. And that even though it's not predestined, that there's sort of something here that we're all to do. And so the idea or the trick is to get out of my own way and let that unfold. 
and she did the reading in terms of she was like it was like she was reading just a book of my life. It wasn't like there was really much emotion to it or much, you know, like, ooh, this might or ooh, that might. It was more like, here are, you know, here's the ABC of who you came in to be. Now you have free will and you can do it or not do it or, you know, the struggle, you you can give in to the struggle and give in to the human experience (laughs) or you can, you know, get in line and and do what you came here to do. But it was very sort of um, pragmatic, is that the word? It was just very kind of black and white. And I thought, isn't that fascinating that, if when I take the emotion out of it, that I could allow the spirituality of my life to just sort of be black and white instead of. And someone else I know had a reading with her, and, and she actually said to her, "You know, you 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 ride the highs are so high and your lows are so low, and the idea would be to you know bring the highs down a little bit and the lows up a little bit to kind of be in this space." And I think that that I can get so like jazzed up about the spirituality of life and get so excited about it that it's almost like this you know, unusual thing, this kind of high, high. It's like, ooh, I'm in the flow. Ooh, I'm in the jet stream. Ooh, this is exciting. Ooh, look around. Oh, isn't this fun? Look at all the bright lights. Versus, oh, I'm in the jet stream. That's exactly where I'm supposed to be. That's just another day. It's just common. It's just every day. It's just normal. And, and it's more, fabulous. Yes. But, it is, but this is it. It is. But it's not like this big, exciting thing. It's just is. And I, and I wondered about that. You know, if I could look at this idea that I'm God expressing and have it be just common versus something I get really, really overly excited about. And probably not because I'm an overly excitable okay, kind of person. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it would be interesting. It's a great <laughs> theoretical, <laughs> hypothetical <laughs> conversation. Mm-hmm. And it may or may not have anything to do with <laughs> how you actually <laughs> express and experience life. Yes, I am the uh, screamer. Look at God, look at God, look at God. <laughs> and it's interesting because I do, I love, you know, I, you know, talking about planes, I, I get, have panic attacks on planes. And I travel very little compared to how you travel. But whenever I travel, I have to reach out to the person next to me and I will explain to them that I have panic attacks. And, that you know, it's best for all of us if something bad happens, if they know that I can grab their hand, that's really, you know, in the long run going to help all of us. And... um it is so interesting. You can I can absolutely tell the people who maybe were more introverted or maybe whatever have had a bad day and they just would rather not, me not be talking. But I have to talk. I mean, for my panic, I have to talk. And so I, you know, kind of force them to listen all the way through. And it never fails. By the end of it, they're engaged and they want to help. And And I do believe that that is our natural, even at the beginning, if there's a bit of a rub and, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm sitting by this person who is going to do this and this is just going to be terrible, that when they get all the way to the end of it, to the end of the story or whatever, there's enough spiritual connection between all of us and a desire to be helpful that that naturally will come out. And even big gruff men, businessmen or, you know, strange, weird people that you just would never even think would talk to anybody else, at the end, are like, okay, no problem. And then, like, when we hit a bump or something, they'll say, are you okay? I mean, it's really fascinating to watch them engage with their own. Tracy's looking at me strangely. But I'm allowing them to engage with their spirit. You are allowing being very helpful. them. I'm being very helpful. I'm being very helpful. And then they have a story to tell when they get off. And yes, they, they do. <laughs> you never believe. Oh, this crazy yeah. person. Well, no, I and I usually take photos of them place. now that I have the phone with the photos. I usually take photos of them. 
And I've given gift cards to people that you know were particularly helpful, like gotten their address. Because you know, people have panic attacks on planes. It's a very common thing, and if you talk about it, it's very helpful. It's very helpful. If 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 anyone's listening who's a panicker, if you can speak to it, it's useful. If you're a panicker who's also an extrovert. <laughs> you're in big trouble if you're an introvert. If you're a panicker who is an introvert, talking about it more just... <laughs> makes it bigger, not smaller. <laughs> really, I mean, it would make it bigger and bigger and not smaller. And yeah. Well, there's a pondering. I don't know that I would mm-hmm. agree with that. Because I think talking about even if you're an introvert, if you say it, it dissipates the energy. It might be harder to say it, but the saying of it, having it not be a secret, I think dissipates a bit of the energy, even if you're an introvert. Now she's nodding her head in one of those, like, I'll just agree with her, so she shuts up, kind of nodding. Well, no, that's, that's a, uh, it, it's that's a, a theory. It's a, a psychotherapy it's a theory. approach, uh-huh. yes. Yeah, it's a theory. Yes, it's a talk therapy uh-huh. uh, modality that, uh-huh. yes, if you talk about it more, it dissipates, and you would take away the power yes. of the of the belief because right. you dissipate it out into the world. So, no, I'm... I'm nodding my head yes, yes, yes. If I looked at it from a psychotherapeutic point of view, I would agree with you. Um, but the added anxiety, uh, well, and that's not the introvert. That actually would be if you were shot. The added anxiety if you are shy yes, no, I can of see that having shy, yeah. to talk yeah. to a stranger yeah. uh, would just, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't dissipate it. It would make it stronger. Um, and if I were sitting next to someone who was likely to have a panic attack when the flight um, dipped, when the plane dipped or there was turbulence in the air. You would ask to change seats? No, I would actually actually want to know that. I could be supportive, but I'm not chatting with you for three hours. No, I don't chat. I just tell them that, and then that's it, and then we go on until something happens. Yeah, and it's like, okay, that's fine. I can can be Yes, you would be very good. That's right. I put on my practitioner energy <laughs> case. Right, that's it, that's it. And uh, be supportive and helpful and fairly early say, you know, I really get that. And, and yes, feel free. And uh, I'm going to be working on this project while uh-huh. we're on the flight uh-huh. and I need to concentrate, but absolutely. Yes. No, I'm, I'm here for you. Put that boundary and then that's right. right. <laughs> There'd be some bad the heck up until we hit the first bump. But, yeah, I get that. And I can do that. I can be quiet. I can be quiet. um, A friend was on a flight recently, and and so this idea of traveling, literally traveling from one city to another, um, and how do you show that you said yes to spirit? And she shared on Facebook a a story, an example of, of our story about what happened. Um, on her recent flight, and she was uh, she was sitting next to a, a child who was traveling, you know, alone. Um, I think oh, the child wow. was like nine years old. Oh, that would scare the crap out of me. And um, <laughs> and the little girl, it was the first time she had flown, so she really. Did. Oh my goodness! And they put her on that plane by herself. Well, yeah. Y'all I mean, I don't remember if she was going to see Mom her or grandparents yeah. or her, you know. A parent who you know I don't I don't remember any of that but she was it was her first time flying wow. so she didn't know what to expect at all oh. and she didn't know and so she would 
So my friend actually, you know, it is a mother, and oh her children are older, but her children had been in that yes. age group. Uh-huh. So she knew how to relate to a child in that age nice. group. And, you know, and became like her surrogate mom, loving surrogate mom on this flight and explaining things and, and you know, even to the point of, um, you know, what would you like to drink? And, you know, the flight attendants are starting to come through nice. and, no, you know, you can, would you like water or a soda or, and, you know, the little girl saying like real timidly, like, is it free? Yeah. You know, do I have to pay for uh-huh. it? And in that sense, it's like saying yes to spirit. I mean, my friend, saying yes right. to spirit that I am here to, I've been placed here yes. of all the people who yes. could have been seated next to this little precious angel. What a gift that I have been seated next to her, not only for her, but then she, my friend, got to really experience what we take for granted. You get on a plane, you buckle up, you <laughs> go on the flight, to really seeing it with fresh eyes. Yes. And how exciting the it Bible is. The Bible is And oh, the right. miracle yeah. that, you know, you look out the window and you're in the cloud. Oh, I can't. Yeah, that would scare me. But, yes. You know, you're not. <laughs> I thought about that too long. You know. Oh, thank And so the idea that you're not, like, laying on the ground <laughs> looking up and seeing the clouds, but you are actually in the clouds that there's somebody down there looking up saying that cloud looks like, you know, whatever. So when I believe that, you know, in that sense, it it is true that when we are traveling from city A to city B or country A to country B, it's just a way for us to remember how we should be behaving and how we are traveling through our normal day from getting out of the bed uh-huh. to getting back in the bed, you know, 12 or 14 or 18 hours later. You know, I just had a thought about that traveling when I, I, did, I don't think I took a plane until I was in college probably with my first flight. And we always took, uh, car vacations. We would drive. We drove from Dallas to Washington, D.C. We drove from Dallas to California. Drove, you know, and it would take so long, you know, you'd have to stay in a hotel room and then, you you know, two, three, four days later, you'd get to where you were going. And I remember the first time, I'm trying to remember, I guess the first time I flew was, I don't know where it was, but I'll never forget when the plane landed thinking, I'm already here. It's like three hours ago I was there. And now mm-hmm. I'm here, and it usually took three days, and it right. took three hours, and and it was so discombobulating that I'm like in this whole different state. And, and three hours ago I was at my house, and it took me a long time to kind of, because I don't fly that much, I still sort of have that experience even still today, because it's like the time warp of from there to here, and there is something sort of spiritual about that in a way. If I and working my spiritual program, you know, I can kind of zip through things more quickly. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that, you know, getting out the map and trying to fold the map down so you can see just the space of the map that you're on and then, you know, the sort of the toil of, you know, having to unpack at the hotel room overnight and then pack everything back up and get it back in the car and it never seems to fit. And, you know, the back, you know, the truck never quite closes the same way kind of thing. So there's a lot of effort 
or work in car traveling. Thank you, toil. And uh, and in airplane travel, it's just, boop, there you are. So there's something sort of, if I'm in that spiritual place, you know, I'm sort of, I'm air traveling, or am I traveling through my day, you know, in a station wagon that doesn't hold all my luggage? Yeah, I um, I love that image that came to mind as you were talking about you get on the plane and three hours later you're there and, and you know in your, you know, in your conscious mind, you know that you could get to that same spot driving yeah. and it would take three days. Right. So how often, if I think about my, you know, everyday life, there are those days where it seems like the day has gone by in a flash, yeah. and every but if, and everything has just seemed to flow, right. and everything seems to be like kind of divinely opening up, and one thing unfolding into the next. And there are times when I when that happens, and I think back as I'm winding down my day, that I didn't have to effort <clears throat> or toil or work my way through it, that it was truly because I say yes to spirit that, you know, God opened the right doors, put the right people in the right places, Mm -hmm. dropped the ideas into my brain that helped me change whatever I was doing just in the course of going through my day. Not that it was boring and rote and routine, but that it was simply me traveling yes. with God instead of toward God or away from God. Yeah, and thinking about traveling through my day when I'm, you know, just doing my routine, but having this concept of packing in the morning, what am I packing for my day, even if I'm just going to work and doing my routine? Am I packing meditation in my morning? Am I packing, you know, a decent breakfast in my morning? Am I packing a little bit of physical exercise or sitting outside in the sun and just kind of breathing for two minutes. Um, I heard this thing on my All Things Oprah station about this guy that has done 20 or 30 years of research on happiness and this Mm -hmm. idea that you can actually program different things in your day to make happiness. It's something that can be created. And he said that he clearly can show scientific proof which I love when science affirms what we all know intuitively, is that two minutes in the morning of just watching your breath or being aware of your breath is an indicator. You can see how that experience ripples out into a happier day. And, uh, you know, of all the indicators that he found, that seemed to be the biggest one. And, you know, he talks about how people have this <clears throat> idea around meditation that it has to be, you know, long or you have to go to this special place or you have to sit this certain way. And he said that really becomes, a you know, sort of uh, a block to people doing it. And he said what they discovered was it's just sitting and, you know, becoming conscious of your breath for two minutes. And that, that ripples out in, in effects in the happiness factor of your day. And so when you think about, when I think about how am I packing for my day, I never thought about that, that I'm traveling through my day, even though it's just an average day, quote-unquote. But what am I putting in my back pocket since I don't carry a purse? But, you know, am I putting, you know, something in my morning that's going to stay with me through the day, or am I just 
rushing around and I don't have anything in my back pocket and I have to buy my toothbrush and my deodorant and, you know, everything when I get there. You know, am I expecting, you know, am I am I coming prepared for my day or am I just sort of rushed that I that I'm not getting ready? Yeah, we could do a whole show on packing. <laughs> what am I packing? I mean, you know, what am I packing? When am I packing? How am I packing? Um, am I uh, a pack? Am I packing? in a way that um, I just need my carry-on bag because I'm kind of really organized and grounded and, and, and my needs are, are you know, I, I don't have a lot simple. of needs. Right, simple, mm-hmm. that's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. Or am I the person who needs three suitcases <laughs> for a two-day trip yeah. because I have to take everything because... You never know what I, might happen. <laughs> right, and, and so I need all of these things to be prepared uh-huh. uh, for whatever might happen and then, you know, go and change clothes four times a day yes. depending on what's going on and or, or I can't decide. And so I need, you know, three suitcases full of stuff because I really can't decide. And how does that reflect? I mean, that's really interesting. When the show ends today, I'll be thinking about how does the way I pack affect the way I travel? Like, you know, and uh, what does it mean? What What does does it it say say about about you? About my mindset Mm -hmm. and my heart set. Um, So, like on this recent trip, um, somebody who was at the location, who doesn't really know me that well, but noticed that I had on red two days in a row and I have a red shawl and and they were like oh so red's your favorite color and I was like no I'm red is my color theme for this trip so that it makes it easier to pack oh look at how smart you are that you have that so that as I'm packing it's like I have a couple of pieces and then red is my accent you know black and red is my accent color every day and it makes it makes me I was able to you know pack in a Rollerboard instead of having to check a suitcase, and, and yes, I do like red. But the reason you're seeing red uh-huh. is because you'll see red tomorrow too. Love it. You know, so that I could pack everything, accessories, and everything around that one color. And I wonder, it's like, so how do I do that in my life? And you know, I do. I when I think about <laughs> it. Right? I plan around, well... You I'm, are very organized. I'm planned, well, and I, it's funny because I don't think of myself as organized. Oh, you are but, very organized. You know, but in my mind, it's like, okay, it's, a, it's Thursday and I've got this class. Oh, but when the class is over, I want to go roller skating. So, you know, yes, what I choose to do and how I choose to dress and and throughout the day as I give energy out, I'm thinking about all of this is great, and I'm going roller skating at 9.30, so I have to have enough energy left to do that. And, you know, I need to take a break because I need some quiet time, and I need... So it's like, oh, yeah, I'm saying yes to spirit and honoring who I am and how spirit expresses as me. But picking a few things to build that around instead of just reacting to everything that's happening outside of me, mm-hmm. and that, that's for me. That's kind of how I see that. That I'm in being intentional um, is the way that I want to travel. And and that you know that you know gives me gives my GPS system kind of its juice, right? My Absolutely. You have to tell the yeah. GPS system right. where you want right. to go. Right. 
for it to guide you there. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you're just um, yeah going to the next <laughs> rest stop and saying to the next truck truck driver who comes in, well, where are you going? I'll go. Oh, that sounds good. I'll go there too. <laughs> and then getting you know there uh-huh. and asking somebody else, well, where are you going? <laughs> oh, really? You know, be all <laughs> your whole life. life. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Spend <laughs> your whole life following other people's choices. Trucks, yes. Wow. Well, that's about all the time we have to talk about travel today on Say Yes to Spirit. Well, we hope that you will uh, join us. And remember, you can always look at the homepage and see a list of other topics we have talked about and thought about and laughed about and uh, listen to those shows in the archives as well. But until we meet again, say say yes yes to spirit. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.